Welcome to the Road to Health podcast, a podcast series focused on real Rhode Islanders who are making a difference in the health and wellness of communities across our state. Each episode will take you inside a health topic that affects Rhode Islanders with the hope of informing and empowering you to navigate the confusing but vitally important role of healthcare in your life. Please welcome this week's host, Dr. Gus Manakia. Welcome back to the second part of our uh, podcast with Dr. Griffin Myers from Oak Street Health. So uh, it sounds like the, um, the way Oak Street, uh, the, the major factor that Oak Street provides that most typical primary care practices don't provide to their patient population is more visitation and sort of proactive outreach to the patient as opposed to being reactive when the patient gets sick. Is that the case? We are very proactive about being sure that we see patients before there's a problem that arises. And one of the things that we're really proud of, we built a lot of tools and technologies to be sure that people don't fall off the map, that we know exactly where patients are in their health journey and can be proactive about reaching out and bringing them in. And just going back to your first question, I think the reason we're able to do that is we're not in this fee-for-service situation where what we're trying to do is, is complete visits. Uh, if we can take care of you with a phone call or by answering an email or coming to see you in your home, that's just as effective as a visit for us. And we don't care whether uh, we're billing for visits. We care about how our patient's health is, is, is going. So I would assume that um, if you're providing all of the services that you just described to your patient population, in particular to your sickest patients, you must have very high patient satisfaction scores. Is that the case? Yeah, for sure. You kind of tee me up here. We um, So we use a measurement that is used across industries, not just in healthcare, that's called the Net Promoter Score. Um, net Promoter Score, is, it's actually a pretty complicated map, but it's pretty easy to understand. Negative 100 is the lowest. Positive 100 is the highest. Negative 100 mean everybody hates you. <laughs> positive 100 mean everybody loves you. And what you'll find, and, and these numbers kind of vary by by industry and things like that, but, you know, the cable companies aren't so popular. They're sort of negative 20, negative 30. Um, there are some nice retailers. You know, Nordstrom is the one that people talk about that's like 60, 70. Um, Costco is an example that we talked about earlier, which is I would remind people you have to pay for the privilege of even entering the store. Um, that's got a great NPS, maybe 75, 80. Uh, Oak Street's at 92, and we're really proud of that. I think that what that says is that, Patients are getting what they need, and they feel respected in the process. Um, but I also think it's a reflection on how poor the the standard experience is out there to be a senior on Medicare trying to get primary care. Um, the average nationwide for primary care, and this is something that was published by the advisory board back in 2015, is three. So pretty close to zero. So for us to be at 92 and, and have kept that over the 60,000 folks for whom we have the privilege of caring, we feel really proud of. That's fantastic. I think 92 is even a better net promoter score than what Amazon gets. <laughs> I believe Amazon's a 68 uh, uh, last time I checked. Anyway, um, so if you have tremendous patient satisfaction, the other question is, well, how do the providers who work in your health centers feel about their job? Uh, are they satisfied? And I ask that because, uh, as you know, uh, as most physicians these days know, um, a lot of primary care doctors are sort of feeling burnt out uh, and kind of unhappy with their style of practice, with their career choice, with their lives in general. And sometimes that dissatisfaction uh, gets, uh, gets imposed upon their patients, uh, which creates further problems in terms of the doctor-patient relationship. So how do the doctors at Oak Street feel about the work that they do and the care they're providing? 
I, I actually really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this because, um, you know, virtually everybody I trained with and went to medical school with wants to do their very best. The values that got them into medicine were things like, I want to use my skills and my talents and my, my brain and my training uh, to make genuine sacrifices to take better care of patients. And I think when we see what we see right now in the healthcare system, uh, so many people burned out. That's, that is a very real problem if our entire workforce feels that way. Um, so I'm biased, obviously. I think, I think Oak Street's an amazing place to work. I think more important is the data. Um, we do blinded surveys every, every grand rounds that we have, which is every few months at Oak Street. And in order for our, our clinicians to get their CME credits, which they need for their licenses, they have to fill out a piece of paper. And we do it on paper instead of, you know, through SurveyMonkey or whatever. Because we really want to be sure that they know it's anonymous. Uh, the net promoter score for our medical groups around 90%, and, and an even higher number says that they work in an organization that inspires them to do their best. And they do tell us uh, that they feel like we hear them when it comes to f- wanting to support their work-life balance. And I think the makeup of the medical group and the tenure of the medical group and the lack of real turnover, our turnover as a medical group is about half what the national average is. So I think those are the outputs that say people are happy. Just as important as the output, like where does that come from? I would say, number one, um, we've been very, very consistent about our values at Oak Street, being evidence-based medicine, health equity, and and being accountable for our patients. And um, a lot of physicians share that, and being in a place that champions that matters a lot. I think the second thing is they really feel an impact. I think going to communities that they wanted to serve in, but where there previously wasn't a sustainable economic model, now they can. And it's a really special thing to see really talented folks uh, go to communities where their skills can be most uh, most impactful. And the last is, um, in addition to to their work being connected to their values and and having an impact, uh, they are so dearly appreciated. And and working in teams, I mean, our our, our physicians are, and our nurse practitioners are supported by really incredibly well-trained teams of professionals who want to make their lives easier. And they hear every day from patients and from families and from us as a, as a leadership team just how important their work is. And I think it's that combination that's it's what works for us at Oak Street, but I think it's, uh, I'm, meaningfully, I think it's an opportunity for the rest of the country as we really try to help restore humanity uh, and 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 bring joy back to practice, as the AMA says. Terrific. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Carolyn Belisle, Managing Director of Community Relations at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Let's take a minute to highlight one of the local nonprofit organizations Blue Cross partners with in the Rhode Island community. The mission of Birthday Wishes is to improve and empower the lives of homeless children and their families by providing joy, play, and hope through the magic of a birthday party. Their goal is to ensure that every child experiencing the trauma of homelessness in our community has the opportunity to celebrate their birthday joyfully, surrounded by family, friends, and others who care. For more than four years, Blue Cross has been hosting monthly birthday party packing events where Blue Cross employee volunteers assemble 800 craft kits each month to serve Birthday Wishes 65 on-site parties across all of Rhode Island and surrounding areas. For more information on our community partnerships, please visit bcbsri.com backslash community. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, so speaking of communities, I'm going to shift gear, shift gear a little bit. Um, can you talk about how the Oak Street sites become sort of an integral part of the communities themselves? 
Sure. We we got started really recognizing that so much of the healthcare system is not built for patients. It's built for providers, for the people doing the care. And there's no there's no value judgment there. I think naturally that that's what you that's the first thing you think of. But even where we locate our centers is interesting, right? We're not in medical office complexes. Uh, it's not easy for our teams to just walk across the parking lot to, to the hospital to go see their patients. We're in the neighborhood, um, and we try to be next to the pharmacy and the grocery store and the train stop and the bus stop and and really make, uh, make it easy for our patients to be a part of the community with us, the part of the Oak Street community. And then once you get into the building, the first third of the building, and you've seen this, is a community center. And it's just that is open to the community. Uh, we don't check IDs. We want everybody to come and relax and enjoy themselves. Um, there's, uh, you know, a computer lab and a, and, a, and a TV and a whole bunch of board games and regular programming like we talked about before in a small, a small kitchen where you can have a cup of tea with friends. And um, that's been a big part of inviting folks to participate with us. And on any given day, you know, there may be, you know, 15 or 20 people there at a time. And I would say only half of those folks are there for any sort of healthcare appointment. They're there just to relax with their friends or meet new ones. Um, and then once you get outside of the building, now that we, we're in the neighborhood and we've created this hub, um, you know, 80% of our employees in the center live in the neighborhood where they, where we, where we work. Uh, 83% of our physicians also live in the neighborhood. And so that tells a story of, you know, these are neighbors taking care of neighbors and, and full centers have a lot of people working there. I mean, they can have 60, 70, 80 people. Those are new jobs in a community and those folks need a place to go take a coffee break and pick up a sandwich. And what we've seen really in Chicago, Detroit, Indy, Philly, Cleveland, all these other places where we have the privilege of working that, um, that's a meaningful thing to a community to have those jobs. And, and, uh, so we've seen whether it's sandwich shops or beauty parlors or whatever it is, um, pop up around that. And, uh, I won't take a hundred percent of the credit for us at Oak street, but it is fun to see that, um, there's really talented folks in our communities that get to give back to their neighbors. That's fantastic. So Rhode Island has been one of the last uh, states to really significantly recover from the recession of 2008. So it's taken us a long time, you know, 11, 12 years almost. Um, and so the the opportunity for jobs, either at the Oak Street site itself or in the surrounding areas, is a terrific boon to the state's economy, actually. Um, another question. So so you, it sounds like the Oak Street Ducks do a fantastic job of taking care of patients in the primary care setting, uh, the teams of providers. But eventually, those patients are going to require care outside of the primary care setting. They need to see a specialist, a cardiologist. They need to go to a skilled nursing facility, a nursing home, a hospital, an emergency room. So how does Oak Street sort of establish relationships with the other providers in the overall healthcare system to coordinate that care? Yeah, th- this is where we not only do we count on great partners in the community because we just do what we do, it's also been a nice way uh, to partner with our, our colleagues at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island because uh, the, the the products that, that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island has built and the network around those, they're really talented, amazing people who we're going to need help taking care of our patients on. I think specifically it would come in in a few flavors, specialty care, acute care, and what we call post-acute care, which is a skilled nursing facility and, and other facilities that people may go to when they leave the hospital. Um, and we, we want partnerships with all three of those. And in many cases, because we are engaging patients in the healthcare system in a way that they weren't previously engaged, it means that we have this opportunity to, to uh, introduce 
our patients to, to specialty care in a way that they weren't going to previously be engaged. And frankly, the way that works is just on a person-to-person level. Uh, we're going to work with with um, the specialists who are in the network um, and the hospitals and others that are in the network and uh, would love to get to know those folks, have them come see our center, get to know our teams, just like we want to get to know their teams. And it's not just physician to physician. It'll be receptionists and welcome coordinators and all the folks who really help make it possible for an Oak Street patient who's a mutual patient with one of our specialty partners uh, to get great care and have a good experience. And we think a lot and invest a lot in how can we be really good partners to to our specialists and hospital partners, whether it's uh, being available on the phone, having really solid routines to be sure they get the information they need from medical records to return phone calls to transportation and all of that stuff. Um, but I think the very short versions just know that we're really looking forward to building those relationships. We've done that in all our other markets, um, but I think especially here in such a tight-knit community like Rhode Island, uh, the opportunity for our teams to get to know those teams uh, and for the mutual benefit of our patients is something we look forward to. Great. So this has been great. I have one last question, actually. Um, so despite the fact that uh, our Medicare population is obviously in most cases over the age of 65, we actually have data that supports the fact that a significant percentage of them rarely see a primary care doctor. Um, they either end up seeing lots of specialists for, for, for their care or they see no one, actually. We have a fair number of Medicare members that see very few uh, providers other than the emergency room or an urgent care center in any given year. So my question to you is, uh, in your opinion, what is the value of a Medicare member having a primary care physician as the sort of quarterback of their care? So, you know, sometimes I, I editorialize and I will, but I think it's good to just start with with the facts. So there's been a lot of really interesting literature lately looking at the impact of primary care in communities. And it, and it turns out when you look uh, across the country, Areas in the country with higher access to primary care actually have lower mortality, meaning those at a population level, primary care saves lives. And, and that makes sense. But that data is really powerful because it, it confirms this hypothesis that we had. Um, I think it's very natural to think that that you can manage and coordinate your own care in, in reality um, – you can't. And, and there's actually, you know, some interesting data that physicians try to do that for themselves and for their families and don't do very well. Uh, so what I would say is this. We have historically, um, as a consequence of the system that we're in, not, not anybody's particular fault, as patients, we've tried to manage these things for ourselves. You know, the average Medicare beneficiary has six chronic conditions. Uh, the likelihood that that person is well equipped to manage those, those conditions is pretty low. And what primary care can do, and, and I mean this, and I don't mean to be terribly provocative here, but uh, we're used to thinking about primary care as as playing the quarterback, that you come to me and I just send you where you need to go. In reality, primary care not only plays that coordination effort, but can manage those chronic conditions um, almost exclusively. And it's the really complex cases that the specialists are great at and the cases that they want. Um, but otherwise, our our primary care training in this country prepares people to deliver great access and take really good care of people. What we add to that at Oak Street is improve that access, improve the tools and technologies, and then we're really good when we do need specialty help engaging that. But it all starts with a primary care home. So, Griffin, thank you. This has been a terrific session. Uh, We are extremely happy at Blue Cross to be partnering with Oak Street Health on this new project in Rhode Island. 
uh, and we're excited to open up uh, our centers uh, later on this year. We look forward to doing this again at some point in the future. Thanks for having us. That's it for this episode of the Road to Health podcast, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Our producer is Jill Flaxington. Our sound engineer is Mark Sheldon. Production assistance provided by Mason M. For more information on the topics discussed, or to listen to our library of episodes, please visit bcbsri.com. If you'd like to connect with us or have a story to tell, we are at BCBSRI on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Thanks for listening.